Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're actually now in southern Taiwan, right at the southern tip. It's called Kaiting, Kaiting Town. And from here, we'll actually be heading east, uh, east Taiwan, and then making our way back into Taipei. Uh, so make sure you follow us along on our journey at uh, daddyblogger.com for a lot of pictures, videos, blog posts, and of course, podcast interviews. We're continuing our podcast series. We're already at 450 plus episodes, and soon we'll hit the magic 500 episode mark. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. And uh, we love interviewing fellow entrepreneurs, fellow digital nomads, fellow world travelers. And we have an amazing one on the show here today. She's definitely a pioneer and a, a forerunner in this industry. She has an amazing product called Digital Nomad Kit, and her name is Hannah Dixon. And she's actually from London, UK, originally. And she was just in my neck of the woods of Vancouver, BC, Canada. And now she's actually made her way to Mexico City, Mexico. In typical digital nomad uh, fashion, very hard to track her progress. Uh, she's uh, the founder of uh, Digital Nomad Kit, uh, amazing resource to equip digital nomads on their journey. Uh, she actually has some unique features of being a digital nomad as well. Uh, she happens to be LGBT. Uh, she happens to um, struggle with uh, mental health issues when she's traveling as well, uh, like depression. And I think it's important to highlight and showcase these kind of struggles that people face when they're nomads. So um, it's not like you see on social media where it's always bright, rosy, and positive. So, And she's also been a volunteer for the last three, seven and seven, which are a series of conferences around the world in the seven continents. So we're going to be covering all those topics and more. It's a lot to cover. Hannah, uh, how are you doing over there in Mexico today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for that awesome introduction there. <laughs> it sounds like I'm up to so much. You are up to so much. <laughs> and we have so much to cover. And uh, I want to apologize in advance if there's any Wi-Fi hiccups. Uh, you know, life is a digital nomad means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. So there might be a little bit of lag or uh, cutouts. But hey, it's all part of the fun as a nomad. <laughs> Probably the struggle, the hardest struggle about being a nomad Absolutely. is finding Wi-Fi. It's the thing we need the most and it's the thing we struggle with the most is the, the, the irony of the, the dichotomy of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Hannah. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Hannah, we love to get to know our nomads and we love to hear that story so why don't we hear your story if you want to place it back and share a little bit about your upbringing and what made you actually uh, leave the UK and become a full-time nomad sure okay um, so I've actually been traveling for 10 years now and when I first started out I didn't work online I honestly I didn't even know how to use Microsoft Office like that's how little I knew about the online world um, so I traveled via, there's something called Workaway, it's kind of like woofing. Um, I worked on farms, I worked hostels, bars, I did anything I could to travel. For me, my priority has always been traveling. It's just something that's, I, I guess, in my book, like we travel children too. Um, and so I went out on my own at 20 years old and haven't stopped since. Um, and then it was about five years into my journey, I stopped home because I would often go home and work in a bar for like two months, save up some money, go out of my pattern. Um, so I went back, started working in a bar, um, and I met someone there who ended up being my business partner. Um, I got ahead of myself a bit there, but basically I, I realized she was working online. And for me, I was like, wow, so you can work from home, which means you can work from anywhere, right? And that for me was like mind-blowing. It was the moment that I was like, God, this is like a viable option for me because I was so tired of you know, traveling and but not having money because um, I started to realize I wanted things and I wanted better experiences and I didn't want it anymore. And... Uh, so yeah, I was like, teach me everything you know, and she did, and we founded our first company within three months of knowing each other, um, and it was a web development company. 
exist, but that was a sort of springboard for everything that came after that. Um, and since then, I, I actually kind of by default fell into the role of virtual assistant because I was kind of an all-rounder. I was learning ropes as I went, um, and then eventually I started to sort of hone in on particular skills and got very good at what I do, and now I train new virtual assistants. So that's kind of my journey short there. That is incredible, and I think we've all started that way to some degree. Just traveling, you get the travel bug, and you realize you can't just keep traveling unless you have an infinite amount of money. So you realize you need to start working and traveling, and you know, uh, some of us go through these struggles, some of us figure it out, and I think we're all kind of figuring out. You know, there'll be ups and downs financially, and uh, in terms of uh, the, so the socialization, the logistics, where you're you gonna live, what are the plans for the future, et cetera. So uh, congratulations on, on uh, making it, so to speak. And of course, also inspiring and equipping others because at the end of the day, um, it's not all about us. It's about uh, helping others who want to do a similar lifestyle that you have. Uh, so tell us about um, uh, your travels, firstly. Uh, so you've traveled around the world. You're from the UK. In the last 10 years, as you mentioned, of travel, where has this journey taken you? Oof, um, it's probably around 40 countries now, so I'm not going to name them all, but I've spent a, a good amount of time in a few places that I've been really drawn to, um, and that has been Bangkok. I spent a long time there. Um, I lived in Sardinia for almost three years, so it's an island in the Caribbean, if you don't know. Um, in, not in the Caribbean, sorry, the Mediterranean. And uh, Spent a lot of time in Budapest. Budapest is kind of one of the places that has heart. Um, I'm not one of these nomads that chases the sun. I kind of do like cold weather. I'm, I'm ginger, so I kind of have to. Um, but yeah, I guess I've, I've been to a lot of places, but there are definitely three or four. I always I go back to a lot just because I love them so much. It's funny. I am one of those people who chases the sun. I'm from Vancouver, and in Vancouver we get this eight months of cloud and gloominess. I'm just like, man, I, I'm here in Taiwan, <laughs> and it happens to be cloudy and gloomy now, and I'm just like, oh no, it feels so much like Vancouver. So I'm looking. Whenever I have like one sunny day, I'm like, hallelujah! Finally, we got some sun. So You're like uh, the clothes are coming off. <laughs> exactly, and I'm I'm here in the the beach area too. So definitely <laughs> a great area to uh, to enjoy the the beaches in the sun. So, Hannah, uh, in terms of this, um, you know, um, work side of things, uh, tell us about uh, the work side of things for yourself. How did you actually monetize uh, your journey when you're traveling? Because a lot of people would like to travel more, but the money prevents them from doing so. So tell us about how you decide, uh, what you decided to do to make money and then how you ended up actually doing it. Sure. Like I said, I started the web development company um, at the time, was a web developer. So that was easy for me to just come on board and start to learn the ropes about marketing and stuff like that. Um, like I said, I kind of by default fell into the role of a virtual assistant because for me, it was like everything was new to me. Everything was exciting. My first gig online was actually a $5 article for, um, I don't even remember, some terrible company. <laughs> and it took me three days to do. Um, it's probably the worst thing I ever wrote, but I was really proud of that $5. Um, and I, it was actually that moment, so it was very early on that I realized it was a bit better. Like, I put a lot of work and a lot of research into this. I'm, I'm worth more than this, even if I don't have the online, online experience that maybe someone else does, but I'm worth more than $5 for three days. Um, so I, I almost immediately started kind of learning everything I could learn. I took every sort of free course. I listened to tons of podcasts, um, read loads of blogs. I followed the famous people, Pat Flynn, all those kinds of people. Um, 
and I was just really inspired. And I think that, like I said, I fell into assistant without knowing that existed until someone said to me, oh, you're a virtual assistant. I'm like, oh, okay, let me Google that. Sure, that's what I am. You're a digital nomad. Sure, that's what I am. Um, so it was kind of like I fell into it knowing what any of this stuff was. Um, and then, as I said, I got pretty good at, um, I'm really good with launch strategy and building funnels and that kind of stuff. Um, it's related to kind of monetizing products. And I started to get really good at that. So I kind of specialized in that in my VA profession. And then I started getting celebrity clients, at which point people were saying to me, doing this, how are you getting these clients? Show me what you do. And so I was like, I should probably make a course on how to be an event. Um, so that's kind of how I got to where I am now. I think now probably trained around 7,000 people. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty proud of, you know, the, the progress that I've made and the amount of people that I've helped and how their careers are progress. And it's really nice to see them blossom and getting to follow their journey now too. Yeah, that is incredible. I had a chance to look at it before our interview, 75 uh, countries, 7,000 plus students. So obviously you've done something right to get that many people on board, uh, you know, being equipped and empowered uh, to do something similar. So tell us about the actual Digital Nomad Kit. Um, when did you start it up? What are the major themes and topics? And if people were going to purchase one, what would they be expecting to learn? Sure. So Digital Nomad Kit is actually um, in the making still, like any good thing. It's always been, and, but it's essentially different kits and the kits are something that, like there's the virtual assistant kit, there's the copywriting kit, there's the LinkedIn kit. So it's all these kinds of different, and to be really honest, I'm at the beginning stages of branching into doing more kits. I'm still really focused on that virtual assistant stuff. Um, that's what I do the best. Um, and I'm getting to cover the rest, but um, I, I'm really at the beginning of branching that out right now. But Digital Nomad Kit, the name I've had for four years. I started a Facebook group initially. Um, I just liked the name. My Facebook group, it grew pretty quickly, um, and this is kind of what materialized from that. Sounds great, and uh, yeah, I think definitely a great idea in terms of branching out because not everyone wants to be a virtual assistant necessarily, but they want to be maybe doing other things like coaching or they want to do social media or they want to do uh, e-commerce or affiliate marketing or blog, travel blogging, etc. So there's a lot of different options, so good on you for you know, kind of targeting those different uh, types of uh, nomads. Uh, so, uh, you know, speaking of types of nomads, uh, there are different types of nomads, everything from single nomads to uh, um, empty nest nomads to couple nomads to family nomads like myself. So one of the types is the LGBT nomads. And we haven't had many on the show. We've had maybe four or five, uh, but it's always great to kind of hear that side of your travels. Uh, you're traveling with your girlfriend currently. Tell us about uh, how that has been like, because obviously in different parts of the world, um, there's different opinions on it. So obviously if you're in like a place like Russia or the Middle East, it might not be as accepting. Whereas if you're in like, you know, North America, Europe, most of Europe, uh, Australia, it's much, much more accepting. So tell us about how your experience has been like, Hannah. Sure. Um, so I'm going to preface this with saying, that I actually haven't had that many issues, any hate crimes or anyone saying derogatory things to me other than actually in my hometown in London, um, which is great, oh, which wow. is wonderful. Um, but I think just some of the things to keep in mind as an ETQ traveler. <laughs> 
some of the things to keep in mind would be that, you know, when we have to book an Airbnb or when we have to uh, book a hotel, it's always just in a little bit of extra research to check, you know, is it going to be okay? Or that awkward conversation, like two beds or one bed, and then it's like you don't know what people's reaction are going to be. Um, and then I guess the other thing is actually like dating, finding people to call, especially, you know, in... For example, my girlfriend spent a long time in Cambodia and she was like on Tinder, like one person came through that was gay every nine months. Like, There's just the dating aspect can be trickier. It's also trickier to kind of, um, I wouldn't say out yourself because I'm, I'm very out and open and proud about um, But I do think in certain circumstances I do withhold who I am if I'm in a country or a situation where I don't feel like it will be received well. So there's kind of that just like not being yourself sometimes. I haven't had anything horrible happened to me, which is, you know, I'm very, very grateful for um, and gives me hope that humanity is not as bad as people make it out to be. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely, definitely very encouraging. And I mentioned at the beginning also there's the, the mental health side of things, you know, when we're traveling, uh, people will potentially have these kind of mental health uh, barriers, so to speak. And a lot of people don't travel because there might be a, uh, the fears or uh, uh, kind of issues around that. Uh, tell us about how you, uh, in particular, deal with your depression when you're traveling? Sure. So um, I kind of had like depression and anxiety, like, um, and definitely it comes in waves. Um, and so, generally speaking, I was a lot worse when I was at home in the UK. It was like experiencing new things really helped me get out of that a bit. But as time's gone on. Um, you know, these issues started resurfacing in the last couple of years again, quite early. So you know, I tried things like there's BetterHelp and Talkspace, which are um, mobile apps where you get to talk to a therapist. Um, th those worked okay for me, but what's worked really well was having just an actual person that I, I talk to once a week. So I have like a therapist. She's not a nomad, um, but there are many nomad therapists now, which is really cool to see. Um, but yeah, just having that accountability. And another thing that I found for me personally was that I was really struggling with a sense of connection to other people um, and tribute into my dep depression even more. I was traveling quite fast. I wasn't making real relationships with people. Everything felt fleeting. Nothing felt real. Um, so now, you know, I, I definitely, you know, every three months I actually have an alarm. Everything, and it tells me like, are you happy? Like a, like a check-in with myself. Are you happy? Is the work you're doing making you happy? The people around you, are they fulfilling you? Um, thing I do and I, you know, sometimes I look at that and I'm like, no, I'm not happy. Maybe I need to book it like stay here another month. I'm moving too fast. Or maybe the people I'm collaborating with don't make good about myself. Um, so just taking kind of a, a mental health check, I guess every three months I do that. Um, and that's definitely been helping like, you know, with any sort of mental health issue, whether you're nomadic or not, it's always a work in progress and it requires attention. And I think that it's really easy because it was for me for years to ignore it and just keep moving and doing the new thing and just to ignore it all. But it, it does catch up with you and so I think it's just taking the time to um, acknowledge what's going on and deal with it in the moment. Yeah and thanks for sharing about this because that's one of the things we need to do more of right to share our struggles because then people can definitely identify it and they can ask further questions of like okay if Hannah she struggles with anxiety depression and you know finding a community in her tribe when she's traveling well maybe I, I can uh, you know uh, learn from how she's done it effectively right so uh, yeah thanks for being so open about that uh, um, Hannah on the show here today uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is this whole uh, seven and seven uh, something I've been interested in going but I I 
typically interview in different parts of the world when it's happening. And who knows, in the seven years, I, I might end up showing you one of them. You've actually gone to all three, and you're actually dating uh, one of the co-founders there, so obviously you know a lot about it. Uh, and I'll, I'll have the co-founder on one of our future shows as well. So what is 7 and 7? I, I know about it just from some research and friends who've gone there, uh, but a lot of our viewers and um, uh, listeners, they might not know what it is at all. So what is it, and how did you get involved? Yes. So 7 and 7 is um, essentially an online conference. Um, is it different to normal ones? It's different because they focus on more lifestyle and the sustainability of the lifestyle than beginner stuff. So it's not how to earn road. It's not how to. It's how can I have kids on the road? How can I save for retirement? What about my health? Um, so those kind of conversations. And I, I think that's really needed in the space. Which is why I love it so much and why I'm volunteering for them. Um, and they do – so you, you do have to be uh, – experienced nomad or location independent person just to keep these conversations at that level so they do say that you need to have been a nomad for a year at least um but the cool thing is just like there's just such a diversity of people there more than i've seen anywhere it's 75 female um it's there's a huge lgbtq community that goes there um there's tons of people of color on the stage which is wonderful to see um and really giving like women a voice there i love that um so yeah i just find it like a, a breath of fresh air in the nomad space and kind of what I really like about it is there are so many nomads out there, more than people realize. And all you see are these kind of picture perfect on the beach, some white dude in Chiang Mai, like, you know, it's kind of the truth. So I, I really like that they're bringing to surface all these kind of hidden nomads, the people that might be developers who are not in your face with them, you know. So it's, it's really nice to see and I really, really respect everything they do. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right that there's a lot more nomads than you think they are because if you look at all these Facebook groups, you're like, there's literally thousands and thousands of nomads. But here I am in like Taiwan, for example, and I'm like, I think I'm the only nomad in the whole country. Uh, I feel that some ways. I'm like staying in different hostels, I'm traveling around. <laughs> I don't see any nomads. They, they might be in Airbnbs, they might be, uh, you know, like some uh, kind of communities that are meeting up regularly, but I am not aware of it. Yeah. And it's funny, you mentioned you were in Vancouver, uh, a few months ago, and you're like, there's no digital nomads uh, here in Vancouver. And I was like, actually, my friend has a Facebook group and a meetup group. So sometimes it's just really hidden, and uh, <laughs> you need to do your due diligence research and maybe connect with someone who's a digital nomad who's living there or is from there, and then they're like, yes, connect you. So if there are any Taiwanese digital nomads, I'm looking for you. I want to connect with you before I leave uh, Taiwan here. <laughs> so in terms of your journey, um, you've all <laughs> around the world. <laughs> Uh, you're um, speaking at events, creating different products and services. Uh, what's next? What's next? You're in Mexico. I'm always curious to know what, uh, how does a digital nomad plan their future? Because for me, I didn't even know what next week holds. But a lot of digital nomads, they're like, I know exactly where I'll be next year from this month to this month. So what kind oh, of nomad are you in terms of the planning and the forecasting <laughs> the future? Tell us about what your plans are from now until end of 2018 and into 2019 and beyond, Hannah. Yeah, so actually, I'm one of these people that likes to plan things out in advance, wow. as in advance as possible, um, which leaves me a little bit when things come up, but um, I, deal, I deal with that in the moment. But um, it's, it's tricky because, not tricky, but my, my girlfriend is more like go with the flow type of person, and I'm definitely like, I want to know. What um, so there is that kind of thing that comes up sometimes. But for me personally, um, my goals for the next sort of year 
to I actually property um, in Budapest and I wanted to start doing some Airbnb um, rentals. Um, so yeah, that, that's the next that in the next year I want to be able to um, create enough money for myself that I could buy a property or two in Budapest and that's kind of what I want my focus to go into. I really like to do some, I love the online stuff but I, but I also like, it's more flexibility too of moving around. So if I can create wealth in another way, that's really exciting to me. So I really am interested in and in Budapest, as I said, I love that place. <laughs> yeah, definitely a beautiful uh, part of the world. I had a chance to go to Budapest when I was a solo backpacker in my 20s. Haven't been there in a, few, a, a decade plus now, but uh, definitely an amazing uh, city. So I can see why you'd want to return there and obviously buy property there and you know showcase it on Airbnb, etc. Uh, so in closing here, I'm curious to know uh, what advice or tips would you give to someone who's maybe listening to this interview, they haven't started their digital nomad journey yet, and they really want to do it, but they are so confused, so overwhelmed, where do I start? And obviously you have a lot of resources around this and a lot of experience and expertise specifically on this area. So what advice would you give to that one in terms of uh, that person who wants to just get started? Yeah, so one of the things I always tell people when they get started if they they aren't already known to be or maybe they're still working in a job is that it's to recognize that it isn't for everyone and it doesn't mean that it's better or worse than someone who is in one place um so i think there is thing that like oh so much better and it really is about what works for you so identifying if it does work for you and some of the things i tell people to do are you know grab your laptop and go work from the outside of your city for like a month does that work for you can you work from a coffee shop can you work out of your the comfort of your your office or your home um, if so, then like, there's a good indicator that might be for you. You know, take it a step further. Go, go to the next country. Can you do it still? Like, great. Um, and then I guess another thing I always tell people is that don't do it unless you can afford it yet. So a lot of people will kind of jobs with a thousand bucks in the bank and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Chiang Mai and make it work. And then they're like a month later, like, damn, what am I doing? Um, so I do say, you know, at least have like three months rent in advance and some, a little bit of cushion there. Because um, I've definitely met people who have got stuck and stranded in places, um, and it's not a comfortable place to be in. And then I guess the other thing is to, to know that there is a space for you. Um, whether you think you have expertise or not, um, you do, <laughs> even if you think you don't. And you know, one that I teach my students about, especially like people who are really at the beginning, is that if they don't think they have skills, or anything, all you need to do to be an expert is you need to be a little bit better than the person behind you. So... <laughs> It, even if all you know how to do is use Microsoft Office, there is going to be somebody who does not know how to do that that can benefit from you helping them. So just remembering that there's always a space for you. It's about finding that market, finding where you fit in. Um, and I'm, I'm going to shamelessly plug, but I have a free challenge with the five-day VA challenge. It's applicable to freelancers, VAs, anyone really who's starting online who's just lost because it really helps you figure out where your existing skills are and how you can start using them right away. Awesome advice, awesome advice. I yeah, definitely read it with you there. A lot of people don't feel they've made it in terms of being able to teach people or coach people, consult people. But I, I think you're totally right there. As long as you're one or multiple steps ahead of that person, you're able to equip them. And sometimes it's better if you're just a few steps ahead because that person can relate to you more. If you're like miles or kilometers or multiple, mm -hmm. multiple, multiple kilometers or multiple dollar digits ahead of that person, they feel you're too distant and you've made it too far and you can't help them. So. It's almost better to narrow that gap and be able to help someone who's just a little wee way behind you, so to speak. So in closing here, um, we'd love to hear about how people can connect with you. 
uh, with your resources and social media, et cetera? Yeah, so you can find me at digitalnomadkit.com. Um, you can connect me on Facebook, Haddixon. Um, I kind of friend request everybody and talk to everybody in there. So that's the easiest place to get in touch with me personally. Um, and I also have a Facebook group. I will give you a link for that because it's a long name. It's the Nomad Day and Freelance Community. It's keyword rich. Um, and yeah, I have a five-day VA challenge. It's, you can find that on the website, Digital Nomad Kit. It's uh, five days. It's free. It just teaches you how to get started. There you go. A lot of different ways uh, that you can get connected. And I'll have those links below to the website, the social media, and of course, the Facebook group as well. Uh, Facebook groups are a great way of connecting and asking questions and sharing your struggles and just feeling like you're not alone because there's a group, a community, uh, you know, a tribe, so to speak. So Hannah, I uh, wanted to thank you for being on the show and enjoy Mexico and enjoy your upcoming plans. And uh, thanks again for coming on to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure. It has been a great pleasure. And I'm glad that the Wi-Fi held in there because uh, I do my podcast from the most random of places. Sometimes it's hotels and hostels and Airbnbs. I've done them in capsule hotels and in coffee shops. And somehow it manages to work <laughs> out. So I'm actually here in a hostel. And you know, luckily, there's no other people at the hostel. And uh, managed to make it through here without <laughs> any major interruptions. So thanks, everyone, uh, for joining us on this uh, particular episode. Make sure you connect with Hannah. Okay. I'll have those links below. And uh, make sure you connect with us as well. We're daddyblogger.com and, uh, of course, digitalnomadmastery.com as well. And we'll catch up with you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Happy travels.